you may look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania where the temperature is just a pleasant 68 degrees. The wind is out of the sun. You don't want a weather report. We broadcast live each and every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Global Star Radio Network. It's the place to be. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, of course. You can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel as well. Now tonight, we're still going through some, uh, some upgrades. And if you, I should take a picture of the studio. It's actually pretty, pretty nice. Um, when I say upgrades, I, I guess uh, maybe that's not really the right, cor- correct term. It's, uh, moving things around and use it, utilizing, better utilizing the space that we have. Um, and, uh, that will be apparent tomorrow. We thought we could get it done today. But Eric, of course, in his infinite wisdom, had to go to a baseball game yesterday and was out of town. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, he was AWOL. I guess he doesn't like working seven days a week, right? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding around. Uh, folks, don't forget, we, we have, uh, two, two separate websites. One for the show. That's Hagman and Hagman.com. And one for news, news and information. The, uh, show prep page. That's HagmanReport.com. Please bookmark both. Pretty soon, within next day or two, we are, we're also opening up the Hagman and Hagman Report store. I'm excited about that. I really am. I'm 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 excited. Yeah, it looks yeah. really good. Yeah, it's um, starting to starting to take shape. Yeah. Folks who were at the conference saw the the t-shirts that we have. Uh, we also have mugs that we've been using. If you watch our YouTube videos, you see we have white mugs with the Hagman and Hagman logo on it. And yeah, uh, and, and you can actually be the talk of, talk of the office with those. You know, um, I was. Uh, um, yeah, well, I, a lot, a lot of stories. Yeah, hey, Eric, did you see me break the Hagman and Hagman mug over my dad's head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, folks, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, and 
film investigator, researcher, and of course my son Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report. Something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. And again, we're going to return to video tomorrow. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, we're, we're doing our best to, to, uh, to bring you the best product available. And we actually had to hardwire the, um, the cameras. We're no longer using the, the, uh, Wi-Fi network. We're, 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 we're doing things where hopefully we're, Eric, will that be high def? Um, yeah, we're, we're, okay. We're hoping to, to bring you, um, so at least 720, right? right? So, or we will bring you 720. And, um, also we're working on the ability to bring in guests and such and, and, uh, document cams and what have you, kind of bringing us up to the 21st century. Um, again, this is not for our aesthetics or just simply aesthetics. It's, it's for usefulness to show you what we're looking at. To show you that uh, the documents, to show you the people, the the evidence, if you will, uh, just imagine yourself if you're watching this uh, on on YouTube. Imagine your, imagine yourself in a in, in a courtroom, so to speak, um, or in or in an auditorium, that kind of venue where you can actually be right there with us, and that's that's our objective. And we dig deep into topics that the captured mass media won't and will never do. And that said, man, there is so much going on. By the way, folks, um, uh, real quick, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Joe. I just want to plug my appearance last night on the Common Sense Show. Uh, Dave Hodges was very gracious. He invited me on uh, uh, his show last night. I was on for the first two hours and uh, spoke with Katie Whelan and Dave, and we talked about um, the conceptual things that are taking place, I think, more than more than anything else. Things that, folks, you probably already know, but honed in a little bit more in terms of um, where, we, where we're at. And, and, you know, where we're at today, it's just a horrible, I, I really think we're in a horrible mess right now. And, and I, I don't mean to paint this as a um, as a we you know we can't. I don't mean to sound fatalistic. I guess I'm just trying to say that we're really not in a good place, and we are seeing the divisiveness. My goodness, among families and friends, neighborhoods, communities, and parties, um, churches—all of this divisiveness. And to me, and as I was speaking with uh, Steve Quayle earlier today, and uh, early actually his time. I mean, I, I think it was early my time, so I don't know. It was early his time. And we were talking about all the division that's, that exists out there, and we we're talking about just the the, uh, the the news headlines and how dire they are, and um, just kicking back and actually having a conversation with him. It was, um, you know, it, it just made me think, and it makes me think of all the people out there. And I mention this all the time, who are just uh, looking for answers, looking for the truth. Why can't we have? Why is there such a pushback, Joe, from the truth? Why? Well, well we've been socially conditioned to that mindset. Uh, it's been ingrained in people to believe what they hear instead of looking for the truth themselves. We have an epidemic of people also who just don't care one way or the other. There are the people that are doing the work of evil. There are those that are ignorant of the work of evil because of the, the the loves of this world and the you know only paying attention to what's going on in their 
little sphere of of influence, and you have evil exactly. learning and using uh, man- manipulative tactics against those people, and especially against those who are awake and are paying attention. You know, those people are the highest likely to, the most likely to get attacked spiritually and negatively, obviously, through satanic influence as they're trying to better themselves through the Bible and, and what Jesus said. Right. So, yep. but for me, you know, uh, after the show tonight, I'm going to go see a movie. It's 30 days long. It's 30 days long. So I'm going to, it's going to excuse my, uh, my absence, but, uh, okay. I'm not going to waste time watching the seven hour trailer. I'm just going to go see the movie. Boy, that gives you an entirely different meaning of, of you know, I thought the English patient was long. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, okay, would you die already, lady? I just saw this headline. It says, oh, my uh, goodness. We're not entirely sure why you need to watch a seven hour trailer in order to, whether or not to work out whether seeing a film that lasts 30 days. Wow. But cancel your plan. One has arrived. Well, a seven hour trailer would be enough. I mean, that would be too much for me. I, a thirty day, thirty day movie, movie. And, and and so what's the purpose of that really? I mean, is is it thirty? No is it, it one hundred and sixty eight hours per week times? Uh, I mean, is it twenty four yes, hours? Full thirty? Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a ridiculous concept. <laughs> How I think. people? Are... Yeah, but, but we're living. Are we not living in in that kind of a movie in that yeah. kind of a, a yeah. situation? Yep. I would bet. I would bet. Uh, no. Uh, what's that? I can't. Hold on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. talk amongst yourselves for a minute. For... All right, yeah, sorry it... about that. We had a, had a... <laughs> <laughs> folks tonight. Uh, we're going to be joined by Augusto Perez from theappearance.com, uh, dot com, the appearance appearance ministries. Many of you are very familiar with Mister Perez and his work. He has uh, a ministry of his own. He is down in Florida. He does a lot of conferences. He is a a man of God, uh, came from Cuba, yeah, and yeah, he's been on our show him, several right? times, but it hasn't been for a while. He has not been on our show in a while. He called us last week, I believe it was, or the end of the week before, and told us how uh, the Lord showed him something about the the visions the, the vision George Washington had. Now, folks, if anybody who has not heard of Washington's vision about the three. Uh, incidents, three wars, three travesties in the United States. Just do a quick search for uh, George Washington's vision of the United States, the three calamities. You know, that's not that's not without uh, controversy either. The uh, right, you know, the the visions. Some will well, say, it is "Well, in his diaries." Correct. However. Um, Yes, I, I'll just leave it at that. But but understand, you know, there are people out there who are saying, "Oh, well, those visions are not um, number one. They're 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 not legitimate, or they haven't been authenticated by uh, Washington himself." Meaning to say, the content of what we are treated with in terms of what what we're told his visions were is not the same. You know what I'm saying? And even without the divisions, um, what Augusto is going to talk about. Uh, I mean, it does match up with what those what it says in those visions, and I guess you can even leave the visions out of it from Washington. What Augusto is going to come on to talk about today is relevant to what is happening in our world with the flooding of migrants, with the uh, civil discord that we see, the 
continued division amongst classes and races and genders here in this country and what that will turn out to look like, how that's going to play out. So even if we don't use the Washington visions as uh, the the backbone for what Augusto is going to lay out, it's still uh, right up that alley. I mean, you say the visions were made up, just like the Albert Pike Three World Wars, right? They ha- they're still ha- they still happened uh, like they were said like they yeah, said they did. That's really an interesting. Um, that's really interesting, Joe. How you connected those two? I, I mean, um, and and folks, you may not be familiar with Albert Pike, or you may be intimately familiar with his works, his, his writings, I should say. But let me ask you, Joe. Um, even if it, even if only a part of that was um, accurate or could be authenticated because we know that, that, again, much like Washington's visions, there's controversy surrounding Albert Pike in terms of, you know, did someone... Uh, um, right. Write these after the fact. Yeah, are they counterfeit? Well, I'll tell you this much. As far as my research about George Washington into George Washington, reading his life from his own words and from those people who were around him throughout his life, he had many spiritual experiences. I would not call all of them from God either. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a good point because you can experiences, and, and, and this is something that uh, I, I would ask: Are all perceived words, visions, you know, from God, or, or can they be, you know, from darker, yes, from they dark can. entities? Yeah, right? they can. And, and how does one tell the difference? And I think that the spiritual discernment there is. Is is incredibly important, but uh, I, when I say how does one, or I think you, you wouldn't you know? L- let me just ask it that way to you. Would you know, or could you be fooled? Because uh, think of think of two, and, and folks were just talking now, but think of the uh, the visions from Fatima, for example, the right. the, uh, the, the Marian uh, the visions of Mary. Think about that. Um, or, or are those what class under which class do they fall uh, I don't know. Uh, you know yeah. i mean okay so I don't know. this is not this is not to to um, critique or we to, know the that satan and the dark side and the hierarchy know the bible probably better than we do than most of us do so we know there is a lot of deception jesus warned about the last days and the end times and after he leaves how there would be plenty of spiritual deception many would come in his name meaning many would claim to be jesus christ and many would come claiming they're they're gospeling for jesus christ i take that as both ways you know many will come in my name saying i am the christ saying they are the christ or either saying that jesus is the christ and then go on to preach a false gospel well and it's it, it always intrigues me now um with what we do and, and the people who will assail us and assail others like us whether it be Rick Wiles or, or us or Steve or Pastor Langford or whoever it might be you know they will use scripture it almost seems like they weaponize scripture now does that sound about right? Does that sound right? In other oh, words, yeah. they, they weaponize about, yeah. Scripture. 
And, and, and they, they explained molded. to me once about how there's different, I forget, maybe three or four different ways people read their Bible. Uh, one they use and read their Bible to um, back up an, a preconceived notion that they have. Uh, another way they read their Bible is to gain godly knowledge with an open heart, seeking God. Another type uses the Bible for, as you said, weaponized scripture to, uh, for an art, for argument's sake. Uh, so, so what's the litmus test at the end, at the end of the day? What's the litmus the test? Scripture for, is for, a litmus but, test. But I mean, for, for a good Christian, uh, for us to be walking in Christian ways, what's the litmus test? Is, is it, for example, how many people you bring, uh, you, you, uh, I don't want to say convert to Christianity, but, but, uh, Okay. All right. I don't think it's something that you can. It's definitely something that one human being cannot judge from to another human being. Okay. Because here's the way I look at it. Um, And and I know we're talking. I know this this is kind of way out there in terms of our subject matter and 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 really what's important. But but I do think this is important. Here's the way I look at it. Just imagine a father. Um. Uh, of, of a father and son, for example, like Joe and I. All right, when he was younger, well, let's say he, or, or any father and son, I, I, because I don't want people to get the wrong impression that anything I say, you know, of course, everything I say is being transcribed, it, just so people know that there are people out there who spend the entire time transcribing our words, and um, for, for a specific purpose. So, believe it or not, that that those happen. But but so. But but imagine a father and a son, and the father, the son does something. A young son, we'll say maybe, um, within the age of reason, but but not to the age of majority, or not to not to adulthood, but within the age of reason. We'll say a, a, a eight or nine year old child does something, and that father spanks or corrects the son. Now. The, the father could do it in a loving way, or the father could do it out of anger. There's a difference, isn't there? I mean, the infliction of punishment, whether it's whatever the punishment might be, if if the father does it out of anger, of course, that's never good. It's never righteous. It's never um, it never works out well. But if a father does it out of love. Outside of the reaction, you know, put away the knee-jerk reaction. Don't react, but 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 do it out of love. What I see today, I don't know, folks, if that makes sense to you, but what I see today are a lot of people going after others, not out of a loving, corrective hand, but out of anger. Yeah, yeah, there is a, you know, there's a headline today. I just saw this. Let me go find it. And, it and right ang- on, anger is it building, right on, by the way. Uh, let me see. Yeah, people are are feeling ang- tired and angrier as the days go go by. Right, and it talks about uh, it's just a a comment, but it talks about how people have become psychologically and spiritually blind and dead, and you know, and it's kind of a rant more than anything, talking about how people expect something just about everything for nothing and. When things don't go their way, they become uh, very hostile, very angry, and they, uh, you know, expect things 
to go their way. They want every, you know, everybody wants everything their way, and they want it their way now, like Burger King. Hey. Our it's our way, and we'll have our way now. Um, exactly. But you're but you're right. But but even even it's the expectation part that is, is, I mean, people have too many expectations of themselves, each other. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to expect a lot from yourself, but there comes a point in time where people put and or expect you know something that somebody could never deliver if they wanted to or uh, they themselves couldn't complete or or uh, accomplish it, well and i do think i do think that today's and in today's environment uh given the social engineering by the Tavistock institute and by the um even consistent with the uh scientists and and the psychologists and psychiatrists brought over from germany what we're seeing is this uh, this this environment where people are, and I said this last week. They're 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 reacting rather than responding. For example, a situation might take place, maybe a misunderstanding, or or maybe an errant word, or maybe some sort of accident, or something, anything, and something that takes place, rather than sitting back and and just being calm and, and looking at it and taking a moment or two or a day or an hour or whatever it might be the the response is immediate and and that's uh, we're seeing that happen today and there's a difference between a response and a reaction and right to, and today we're seeing reactions all over the place and I, I and if you think about that isn't that I mean that's not good obviously that is not good at all. Um, so we have to be slow. I, I believe slow and deliberate in our response to others. And as we get closer to the precipice, whatever event horizon we are approaching, whether it be, and, and Dave Hodges and I spoke about this last night, and on air, off air, and Steve and I spoke about it too. Are we looking at some sort of supply disruption? It should certainly, but that's going to be secondary to some sort of event. What event are we looking at? Could it be an economic collapse? Could it be, um, could it be a, uh, well, you name it. Uh, could it be a terrorist attack? All of these could very well happen. And neither one, none of these are mutually exclusive. So when we see these things take place, are we going to be and react? Are we going to react? Or are we going to respond? A good example of this. In the natural world, is the did you see all of that earthquakes this weekend? I did. Yes, Japan, Ecuador, the Tonga. Uh, you had, I think, three or four earthquakes over seven point zero within yeah. a forty-eight hour period. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that, the destroying parts of the city of Ecuador, hundreds dead, thousands injured. Same thing in Japan. Uh, thank the Lord there was no tsunamis. They are. There are increasing earthquakes uh, in Oklahoma, also yep. in yep. areas in the, in the area where this earthquake hit in Japan is an area where earthquakes don't usually hit, even though Japan is, is on a seismic region. The region that this earthquake hit was a non-seismic zone, or at least if it was, it is, it is a seismic zone. It's an ancient seismic zone that hasn't seen activity in a long time. So we're seeing earth changes as prophesied by the by the Bible in the Bible. Oh yeah, and on the on Drudge right now, Houston biblical flood in photos, and you click on this link here. Yeah, you, by the, the way, I, I did speak. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but go ahead. You mentioned Houston. 
I had a conference call, a business call this morning, or this it was really this afternoon. It was morning over there, and, and it was morning in Houston. It was afternoon here, just. And uh, it took a while for this conference call, and the uh, the people in Houston were saying we are underwater. I mean, physically underwater, ankle deep water in the office, which w- they were. There was a so far uh, count over a thousand homes yeah. have been flooded and twelve hundred emergency uh, vehicles have re- uh, twelve hundred and more than twelve hundred flooding emergencies, and the number is rising along with the waters. The heavy rains caused rivers and creeks to rise, preventing the low lying city drainage systems from clearing water fast enough to spare homes from flooding. Reports indicate that the flooding in some spots is comparable, if not worse, than the flooding that occurred during the tropical storm Allison in 2001. And there are shots of highways being covered with water as cars sit on the roads, uh, water engine high on dump trunks, people being floated across from house to house on a mattress, on inflatable mattresses. Uh, it's a nasty situation down there. So pray for the folks in Texas and Houston that uh, they themselves can find safety. Uh, I'm sure it's going to continue to get worse, especially if it's still raining down there. That's right. And when we were down there at the end of March, or middle of March... We were in Dallas. And, we uh, were in Dallas, but right. there was some crazy weather around. We saw, um, you know, those uh, signs on the highway, those digital signs that gives you me- give you messages that said, you know, watch for flooding. Um, about 10 to 20 miles south of us, there was a hailstorm there where softball-sized hail totaled 37 ambulances and I don't know how many other vehicles. Y- yeah. There yeah. was um, lots of heavy rains and flooding south of Dallas before we got there, and it was really bad. So it's a wet uh, Texas right now, and they are continuing to see the uh, the fruits from that uh, saturation. Now, here's another article. Right. And we're wait, wait a second. I, I do want to mention, just for the people, listeners, uh, who may not, who may be tuning in late, folks, we are just on, uh, we are just on audio. We do have the, our YouTube is, is operational. However, it's not showing us. In fact, if you hear sounds in the background, it's construction taking place or movement of cables and, and wiring and such, uh, for a rollout tomorrow. So please don't, uh, don't adjust your dial. Don't, don't, don't move those rabbit ears or, or that, uh, you know, just yeah, anyways. we should be back up on video tomorrow. Um, as and I also want to mention two portions of this broadcast brought to you by Health Masters, folks. Take advantage of Health Masters. What they're they're special. If you write in, um, use the promo code Doug Book Health Masters for every order that you make, and this is a pretty cool offer. For every order that you make, will include Breakthrough Health, the book Breakthrough Health. By Ted Brower, Doctor Ted Brower. So it's a very good. It's a, it's just an extremely good uh, uh, deal. Uh, if you need uh, if you need your multivitamins, vitamin B, C, whatever you might need, uh, just make sure you use the promo code Doug Book, and and they, uh, Doctor Ted Brower will put in a copy of his book Breakthrough Health. And another reminder, because uh, Doctor Brower will be traveling abroad. He is going to be our guest uh, once again this Friday uh, talking about some findings specific to the um, geopolitical, in the geopolitical realm. So just kind of want to remind everyone of that. So, we had a great show last Friday with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very informative, lots of content, and it was definitely uh, 
if you missed it, I'd go back and listen to it. Uh, and, and a lot of the stuff that we're opening with tonight, the flooding, the volcanoes, and the earthquakes, we're going to have to talk to Stan about tomorrow. But there's uh, articles going around about could a supervolcano under Yellowstone Park erupt soon? And Stan was mentioning this, how he had gotten reports that there was increased seismic activity underneath Yellowstone, but he couldn't find for himself that information. Well, their, their information seems to be out there uh, and becoming more and more prevalent. Also, FEMA, in one of their national geospatial, in their latest national geospatial um, document they released, they cite the New Madrid fault line as one of the major potential disaster areas for the United States. Um, citing the New Madrid has, uh, you know, has not had an earthquake. As, uh, I forget above what Richter scale since 1840 and that the potential for an earthquake in the New Madrid fault zone is one of the key areas of natural disasters they're looking at here in the United States and that's troublesome uh, indeed it is and it's been on their their, their I forget what they call them National Geospatial Reports since 2013 2012 since the one, one of the first ones they put out Huh. But they devote at least twenty some pages to it, and um, they, you know, they say if it goes off at a certain Richter scale, it's going to be over forty million people will need to be moved, evacuated, or will be in danger. And, and this takes me back also to last year, Jade Helm. You you have to, in my view at least, you've got to look at Jade Helm and and the the people. It's interesting to me the people who come kind of have come out and said, "Well, Jade Helm, um, nothing happened." Uh, I'm not exactly certain what how they define nothing or how they how they justify that that assertion. But when you consider all of the military apparatus being moved around the country, and don't forget, you, you train where you fight or you fight where you train, and um, in the environment that you train. Could we be looking at this perhaps um, with, with with at least partial blinders? In other words, um, there there was discussion with Jade Helm that look, this is a war against the people, and to, you know perhaps to as extraction or, or whatever. Others have, and I believe rightly, um, uh, talked about mapping the human domain. I think that there's a lot of psychological operations with respect to Jade Helm. Well, they've not maybe they've mapped the human brain. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but you know what I'm saying though, Joe? Yeah. But, but see, you look it's at like the bullets they bought. You use that right, as an right, example. Right. Uh, the billions of bullets, 1.5 billion bullets the Department of Homeland Security bought. Also, you know, the EPA bought, you know, 40 million uh, the Department of Agriculture bought some. Even the Postal Service, if I remember correctly, bought a couple million bullets. And that they're storing them in different parts around the U.S. We have not seen the... <laughs> I mean, we, we don't want to wake up in a day and age where we're seeing those being used by the government. I think we <laughs> would be in some big trouble. Uh, well, yeah, of course not. But, but to all those who have dismissed Jade Helm uh, as nothing but... Uh, you know, hype. I, I I would ask them to reconsider and and to to look at to reevaluate their assumptions and their conclusions based on um, not what they can see, but but perhaps it's not over yet. And and you know what I'm saying that that maybe um, in addition to what the 
primary objective was. Maybe there's a secondary or tertiary objective that that has not been uh, been realized yet. So, uh, for someone to just summarily dismiss the activities of Jade Helm as one example, or the, or the ammunition purchases as another example, uh, to me would be uh, premature and intellectually shallow. And that's just my my thinking. Before we go on, if I can mention this, and I know how many people disdain the the politics of our day and age, just so everyone knows, tomorrow, of course, is going to be the uh, presidential primaries in New York, candidates from both sides campaigning throughout New York State. And Joe and I, I don't think there's a city or a town or an area region in New York that we haven't been. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, whether it's the Anirondacks or the, uh, you know, from Finger White, Lakes. Yeah, I mean, from Whiteface Mountain to Chautauqua. To uh, Hamptons and, to. Yeah, yeah, from, from really uh, Islamar and the. Yeah, we've been know, everywhere in, yeah. that, in that state. Well, uh, Trump is leading right now by 33 points. Clinton has a 13 point edge. What I'm saying is, right now, uh, Trump is leading his, leading Cruz and others by 33 points. Clinton is leading by 13 over Sanders. And if you take note of a, uh, WNBC big station in New York, Wall Street Journal poll that was released on Friday, I think it was, it shows that Trump has a 54% or has 54% of the Republicans supporting him. So over half support Trump. Ohio Governor Kasich is in second place with 21%, and Cruz with 18%. Now, this is just confined to New York. And, of course, you know, statistics can be massaged and, and made to look. Um, they can be used conveniently. Yeah, he does have a big lead. Um Last time he had a big, a real big lead in the state. I remember they came out with some weird poll that showed Cruz was basically neck and neck with him, but it ended up not being so when the primary vote went through. But we will see what happens tomorrow with the well, primary. Two hundred forty-seven delegates uh, is up for grabs for the Democrats in New York. Just so you know, I, I don't believe. Just, just as here's my own personal assessment, personal and professional assessment. If, if you really care to hear it. I do believe it's going to be Hillary Clinton on the uh, Democratic side and someone yet to be named on the Republican side. I don't believe it's going to be Trump. I, 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 you know what, folks? I don't know why. I, I, I don't. I just don't believe it's going to be Trump. I don't believe that they, that the establishment Republicans will allow this. Now, um, I could be totally wrong. This is based on my own instincts, based on a lot of reading, a lot of research. But I just don't think that it's... What do you think, Joe? Trump? Yes? No? What? Oh, man. Eric? Trump? Do you think think they're going to allow Trump to take the... He said no. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I'm going to... We're going to wait and see. They want Hillary in there is what what Eric said. you got to mic up one of these days. That's okay. I know you're busy, but, but, uh, you know... <laughs> Did you hear that, folks? I can only do so much as he as he's wiping dust out of his eyes from the uh, putting up uh, lights and and stuff. You know that light up there was pretty close to my head. Um, anyway, all right. So, but but as of right now, ABC News 
estimates that Clinton has a total of 1,758 delegates, Sanders uh, 1076. The number to win on the Democratic side is 2383. So Clinton more than halfway there, Sanders less than halfway, and I don't believe that uh, Sanders can, can win in the South. What I'm surprised, Joe, is driving around seeing the number of Sanders signs. Have you noticed that? In, I've seen quite a few. I, He's won a lot of states. Well, yes, but do people really know what a socialist is? Do people... Um, do, uh, Maybe at, at, at the most basic definition level, somebody who will, like a Robin Hood, take from the ultra-rich and, and give to the poor. Yeah. But no... Um, Huh. It will make everybody poor. <laughs> uh, well, what they right. do is is redistribution of wealth, and Sanders' plan basically is take ninety percent of everyone's wealth. Everybody gets ten percent of it, and I'm surprised that the Hollywood people who are supportive of Sanders and, and even the uh, elite. The one percent, the three percent of income earners, or the uh, people with money who are supporters <laughs> of Sanders, because they did have a lot of their whole f- fortune taken from them. Well, right, and and of course, socialism only works uh, when, when when there's money to be had from other people, and it doesn't work when no one, when everyone else is broke. So Look at Venezuela, yeah, and, and that's a good good case. Uh, Venezuela is in fact. Um, well, I mean, people yeah. standing in line for eight hours to get bread from a grocery store, and you have a cap on how much you're allowed to spend at the grocery store each and every day down there. It's it's very bad. Steve Quilts talked about it on our show a lot. Um, switching gears here, I saw this today. This was pretty interesting. Yes, yeah, so I was just. I was. Uh, thank you for pulling that up. Go ahead. White Take House that away. Signals veto on Saudi 9/11 bill. The White House on Monday signaled President Obama would veto legislation to allow Americans to sue the government of Saudi Arabia for any role played in the September 11 terror attacks. Giving the long list of concerns I expressed, it's difficult to imagine a scenario in which the president would sign the bill as it's currently drafted, White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest told reporters. Earnest argued the legislation could jeopardize U.S. citizens overseas if other countries went to pass uh, reciprocal laws that remove foreign immunity in their courts. It could put the United States and our taxpayers and our service members and our diplomats at significant risk if other countries were to adopt similar law. The whole nation of sovereign immunity is at stake. The legislation drew widespread attention after Saudi Arabia officials reportedly informed the Obama administration that they would sell off $750 billion in U.S. assets if the bill became law, a threat that carries widespread economic consequences if the Saudis follow through. Ernest appeared to strongly caution the Saudi government against taking such a step. A country with a moderate and large economy like Saudi Arabia would not benefit from a destabilization a destabilized global financial market, and neither would the United States, he said. The fierce debate over legislation has bubbled up at the precarious time for Obama, who is set to land in Saudi Arabia on Wednesday to meet with King Solomon. Ernest said he is not sure Obama will raise the issue during the meeting, in which the leaders are expected to discuss the nuclear 
the Iranian nuclear agreement and the fight against Islamic State in Iraq and Syria. If this issue were to come up, the potential consequences of rolling back this core principle of interests of law is how the President would explain our position to his counterparts. The nuclear agreement has already strained relations between Washington and uh, Rahid, and the 9-11 legislation could raise some tensions. Okay, what's at stake here? Is 28 cents, uh, 28 pages censored from the 9-11 report that implicate Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11? Well, I, I will say this, um, and we were one of the first to report. There exists in federal court a $3 trillion lawsuit by the some survivors of 9-11 against the government of Saudi Arabia. That, that was filed, I think, in 2002 or 2003. Now, how many people have heard about the existence of a $3 trillion lawsuit by the survivors of 9-11 against the government of Saudi Arabia? I haven't. Okay, you haven't, right. I, I, re, I recall being on Coast to Coast uh, AM, as well as WBEN out of Buffalo, New York, talking about this $3 trillion lawsuit. And um, in, in, you will not find it, uh, or, or it's, it's buried amid all of the current news about these measly 28 pages. Folks, it's more than 28 pages in terms of the information and, the, and what's taking place. The complicity. And once people understand that Saudi Arabia is merely an outgrowth of the OSS or CIA, essentially, is a CIA creation um, for the oil and for the uh, mineral, the uh, assets in that area, and specifically the, the oil. And the royal family was made royal, installed by virtue of, or by the actions of the, the CIA, by the American government, back uh, well over half a century ago, then you'll understand why we have to protect the very uh, criminalist cabal that we have installed over there and that have existed for generations. But understand, the 28 pages, they're measly. The information there, it's no secret, really, that... No, Osama bin Laden was what? A Saudi Arabian. Well, right. Sixteen of the nineteen hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. There was uh, support given by the Saudi government. Now, at its face, one will say, "Well, wait a minute. You're you're essentially buying into the um, narrative of the official government narrative that that uh, you know there were Arab hijackers and such." Well, no. You've got to look deeper than just that mere thin veneer of of, of uh, the Saudi relationship. You have to go dig deeper be underneath that. Because while the Saudis were actors and, and financial or financiers of the operation or parts of the operation, where did they or who were their handlers or who were you know who were who were they answering to? So it's not it's a complex situation that extends well beyond the twenty eight pages. And I, I also want to mention too, we are um, because of the. Uh, things that are taking place here, not, are, not only are we not um, being uh, shown on, on video, we are also hobbled. We don't have access to our studio email, so any emails that, that you might send, we're not going to get them uh, contemporaneous with, with our show comments, just as an FYI. Yeah. And again, if you joined us late in the top of the hour in 12 minutes right after that, we, 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 we will be joined by Augusto Perez. 
appearance minute uh, appearance dot com appearance ministries um augusto Perez always looking forward to talking with him and he's got some information on the the immigration t- situation and the three great perils America faces as it was seen from the vision of George Washington and uh, he's going to get into that a little bit more because it is very interesting we talked with him last week and and he's going to talk about that plus a lot more of the prophetic implications of what we're seeing in our geopolitical world as well as what we can do in these times and what he plans on doing here in the near future to get ready for what's coming so actually, yeah, indeed, that's uh, get ready for what's coming. And if are, are are we seeing biblical prophecy playing out right now? And I I think we are. I don't think that I, I don't think that anyone can argue that fact. Um, uh, and, and as I mentioned last night with uh, Dave Hodges, you know, it's it's not that we would want to, but it's getting increasingly more difficult to. Uh, to look at the news of today, the headlines of today, outside of the the infrastructure of biblical prophecy, scripture, and the prophetic implications, it, it's just it, it would be it would be difficult at best to have simply an intellectual argument about current events. It can be done. And it is being done, obviously. Current events are being politicized. Obama is being blamed for a lot, as well he should. But it's interesting because few are blaming the actors, the subjects, the perpetrators that preceded Obama to get us to this point. You know what I mean? This is really a... um, how we got here, in my view anyway, was not simply because of Obama. Obama is merely, and I think Dave Hodges put it well, in the eighth inning, I used the baseball metaphor, the eighth inning uh, guy. I don't know. I, I, I don't know baseball. Set up, man. Set up, man. <laughs> there you go. That was Eric, by the way, who's he yelled that over my shoulder as he's stringing cable over our heads. Um, but... but so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, oh, I'm certainly not going to win any um, any any prizes for being the most articulate this evening. But neither of us are. No, but 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 you know, again, um, the lateness of the hour, and we and we want everyone to be fully prepared for what for what exists ahead. Um, uh, information, by the way, from this weekend, I, I got information this weekend from somebody. I don't even know what to, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I'll be putting this information out. But, and Joe, I haven't really even mentioned to you, mentioned um, anything about this no, to you. No, you haven't. Thanks um, a lot. Well, you know, it's I'm, I'm waiting on another bit of information, which uh, I should have later. Um, that ties in with this, but but what what is taking place here is some sort of a, 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 a at least in my view to give you a little bit of a, a kind of a heads up is is we're we're looking at a civil riot that 
is going to be exploited and turned into basically a uh, uh, civil war. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I guess I don't... What, what, what other leap can you go from a civil riot to what? Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, it, there are assets in place. According to my source, there are um, actors' assets in place across the United States with instructions to create disturbances, to engage the police, to engage others, um, including but perhaps not limited to uh, National Guard, and even if dispatched the military on our streets. Well, if it gets bad enough, it will come to that. Absolutely, and according to according to my source, Joe, the the, uh, the executive branch has drafted some sort of emergency military response. And again, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for additional confirmation on this, but it's very difficult to keep this um, not talk about this because it's what does one do? But but my question is, where is the where is the uh, where are the problems going to originate? Are they going to originate from from the so-called uh, conservative base of the Republican Party that are upset because Trump, for example, is not the nominee? I don't. I, I can't envision that. So where would where, you know where would this originate? It would originate from, I believe, the left, the progressive left, who. Uh, want to make it appear that uh, that the right or the Second Amendment Bible uh, loving uh, Constitution adhering individuals are, are responsible for the, the chaos. We will get blamed for this. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm clear. Good. I don't know. I don't know if that's clear or not. But you can see where we're headed with this, and and I, I just so. For example, Cleveland, and you had mentioned this fifty million dollars dedicated to the. Um, yeah, I saw an article last week. Project. They said only twenty million now. You know, uh, that fifty million figure, it, it might be twenty million for the city itself, but there's uh, that fifty million was was um, no, that fifty million is more accurate. I actually saved both articles in a in a recent folder, so I had access to them to bring them up. Yeah, we're looking at we should we're go over that fifty again. million. We are looking at a total of fifty million, but it's it, it's how it's dispersed, which where they can say, well, you could say both figures are correct. It depends on how you, how you look at the disbursements of that fifty million, twenty million to the city, uh, thirty million to outlying areas, but the government uh, the, the government uh, furnishing fifty million is, is yeah, the, the Department of Homeland Security yeah. uh, directly to the Cleveland Police Department. Here's this for a headline: Muslim Brotherhood Day on Capitol Hill. There you go. Obama, on Monday, party now. On Monday, April 18th, legislators' offices will be visited by individuals associated with a group unknown to most lawmakers: the United States Council of Muslim Organizations, or USCMO. Yep. In the interest of helping members of the U.S. Congress understand precisely who their uh, interlockers are and pr- they're uh, permitted for a brief introduction It is uh, this organization is alleged in a long series of front organiza- organizations associated with and working to advance the agenda of the Muslim Brotherhood in the United States. Here's the problem the Muslim Brotherhood is obviously um, 
is is a terrorist organization. And of course, the Muslim Brotherhood has its uh, roots back in the twenties, and, and and of course, uh, offshoots of the Muslim Brotherhood today in America include, but are not limited to, the Council of American Islamic Relations and other front groups for the Muslim Brotherhood. Muslim Brotherhood has been welcomed, embraced, and invited into the White House, into the Capitol, but now because of the stigma. Or shall I say, because of the exposure to the Muslim Brotherhood, and people are now starting to understand. Hey, wait a minute, the Muslim Brotherhood—that's not a good. That's not a good organization. So, what are they, what are they doing? They're they're creating proxies or front groups that include such organizations as you referenced to uh, to promote and advance their their own interests. So, this is what we're seeing, and um, this is happening especially across. Uh, campuses all across the Ameri- all across America. This goes on to say, yeah, yeah. members of Congress should be clear about the true nature of the agenda. It is laid out most authoritatively in a document introduced into evidence by federal prosecutors in the course of the largest terrorism financing trial in the nation's history, U.S. v. Holy Land Foundation. That's right. Written in 1991 by a top Muslim Brotherhood operative, Muhammad Akram, entitled the explanatory memorandum on the general strategic goal of the group in North America. This internal correspondence was meant for the eyes only of the organization's leadership in Egypt. So the document is direct and to the point and explicitly states that the mission of the Muslim Brotherhood in North America is destroying Western civilization from within. The Muslim Brotherhood, people need to really understand, is... is we 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 saw their birthing, their growth, their um, incestuous relationship within the, the geopolitical world back in World War II. The Muslim Brotherhood is we saw it, we we saw their their uh, machinations, nefarious activities in Egypt with the so-called Arab Spring. Uh, Obama is in, at least yeah. based on our assessment, is a proponent of the Muslim Brotherhood. In the, in the document, it's, it's a second technique, uh, that describes the detail of the Muslim Brotherhood's favorite technique for accomplishing its state, stated goal of destroying Western civilization, at least until the time as they are strong enough to use violence decisively. Civilization jihad. This sort of jihad involves employing stealthy, subversive means, like influence operations, to penetrate and subvert our governments and civil society institutions. There you go. See, I mean, so it's right in plain it, English. It is, it is espionage. It is um, the invasion that we're that we're experiencing. It's uh, being captured from within. We're going to be right back with the guest of Perez. Stay right where you are. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to our number two of this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, we're going to be joined by Augusto Perez shortly. We're having just a little communications error, as uh, I don't know that we have the current phone number for him, but we're going to get this figured out, and uh, let's see, you just handed me this. Okay, this is separate from what I have. Dad, so we will try this number. I'll send it to Todd over Skype. And let me just check. This is obvious. You like live radio. Uh, Although, folks, if you watched or saw or heard live radio, perhaps, did you happen to see (laughs) Hillary Clinton uh, on on the radio today? Yeah, do you need CPR, uh, coughing? A big issue is being made over her health uh, issues and her inability to, uh, well, you know, one might, obviously it's it's in the best interest of, of all Americans to, to know the health, uh, the medical records of the people who are running for the highest office in the land, which, you know, of course, none of the candidates anymore allow for that, including Obama. It just seems like... Uh, um, it's a big, deep, dark secret, but it was it was rather interesting. Uh, if you happen to catch this interview with uh, Hillary Clinton, she erupted into this coughing spell during the interview, and uh, actually lasted for an entire minute where she was barely able to talk. And and of course, you know they they made a they made light of it, but one must ask, what is her, you know, what is her. Uh, uh, the health status, but even beyond that, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. But uh, we had mentioned about the twenty-eight pages, of folks. I just want to kind of get into this a little bit more, just very briefly, because this goes back into the seventies. And don't forget, two days after nine eleven, there was a meeting with George W. Bush, a meeting on the Saudi or on the uh, Truman balcony. And, and we can't forget the, in addition to that, the Saudi exodus. Um, when, when no planes were flying after 9-11, uh, Dan Grassi, uh, and Manuel Perez, the former Manuel Perez, uh, former FBI agent Dan Grassi, uh, former 
Tampa police officer. They were escorting. They escorted, actually, the students uh, from Tampa to Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, during a NOTAM, the FAA grounded all commercial flights or all all airline flights. The only flight that was, the only flights that were operating or flying were Raytheon. You mean the ones that had the Bin Laden family on it? Right, Grossi, uh, Grossi, Perez, Manuel Perez, and the pilot and three Saudis flew to Lexington, Kentucky on a 10-passenger Learjet, and uh, they departed about 4.30 in the afternoon on the 13th of September, 2001. While flight restrictions were still in effect, the FAA had, and, and I would point this out, the FAA was giving was given no information about their flight plan, and the FAA to this day has no record of that flight or their flights. There was at Lexington... Kentucky, a 747 with Arabic writing on the tarmac, and uh, there are some photographs of that. But, but again, we're looking at the, the 28 pages. People are putting a lot of lot of stock into the 28 pages. That's just a mere footnote in the history of the uh, 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 of what's taking place. And don't forget SBG, the Saudi Bin Laden group, the Bin Ladens, Abdullah, uh, 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 Bin Laden's uh, younger brother. Uh, you had Mohammed, you uh, Nawaf. And Cameron, uh, all in uh, Boston, New York area. Um, uh, Osama bin Laden's half brother Khalil, in Connecticut, uh, he was involved in uh, uh, certain things up there. Jeddah, uh, Brazilian wife of, of Khalil. He had twenty. Uh, um, you had uh, Bin Laden's having a twenty-acre estate in Winter Garden. Florida, of course, that's near Orlando, uh, but the exodus, Los Angeles to Orlando to pick up Khalil Bin Laden, Orlando to Dulles, Dulles to Boston, folks, <laughs> you can see what's taking place here, or you can see what has taken place, so the 28 pages, yeah, mere footnote, go ahead, sir. All right, we have our guest with us, Mr. Augusto Perez from theappearance.com, The Appearance Ministries. Mr. Perez, it's great to have you back on the Hagman and Hagman Report. It's good to be with you, uh, Joe and, and Doug, and um, it's been a while, but uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Absolutely. Uh, we got a chance to talk a, a few weeks ago, and um, you told us a, a story about um, some insight you were given, and... Uh, we decided that we wanted to do do a radio show. I don't know where you want to start tonight, but we're going to turn it over to you and let you uh, take us where you want to lead us. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to say that um, we are, uh, I mean, we are really uh, been privileged to be alive in such a time as this. Uh, we are truly uh, experiencing uh, things that, that, I mean, no one has experienced before in its totality. We are, we are blessed to be alive, and um, I am just uh, thankful that, that the Lord has given me the opportunity to just have a small part in all of this. And, and, um, and to all the people out there, I just want to share that some things tonight, I'm going to be sharing some things tonight to encourage you and also to uh to exhort you 
because the times that we are in uh, uh, right now, it's um, it's it's critical. It's critical that the people, uh, especially those that know the Lord Jesus Christ, those that are that want righteousness uh, to prevail in our midst, that want um, you know these things to come back and uh, to allow us to be able to live the remaining time we have here on this planet with uh, peace and liberty and um, you know in a, in a, with a modicum of, of, of morality and uh, righteousness it is imperative that we uh, wake up and we begin to do what we are supposed to do and uh, one of the things that I have um, uh, been uh, praying for a long time now it's been a while since I've been with you it's been it's been actually over a year and uh, you know we have been doing a lot of praying and uh, I believe I've shared some of this with you, uh, Joe and, and Doug, as well. We have, and, and, and let me just share it by saying that in 2014 <clears throat> was when we began to do this. And I'm going to share this, so I'm going to set the table for what I'm, I'm going to release uh, later. In 2014, after a very, very, very difficult year, and it seems we're all having those difficult times more than ever before now, uh, attacks of all kinds and uh, just tremendous uh, persecution and attacks and uh, spiritually, um, uh, physically, and from, I mean, from every angle, it's a three-pronged attack that we are all experiencing in our marriage in our finances, in our uh, families, in our, you know, uh, ministry, in our everything, every uh, health, it just seems like it is just continuous one thing after another. A lot of people, I'm getting people emailing me for all kinds of problems in their marriage, all kinds of problems in their, in their family, problems with their sons, problems with their daughters, problems with their jobs, their, their, I mean, finances, you name it, their health. And so we are, we are in that kind of situation. Everybody probably uh, has a story to tell. But um, we have been praying and since 2014 very, 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 uh, you know, extremely, extremely hard. Uh, 2013 was a very difficult year for me personally. Uh, where I, I was I was attacked severely in my body in in, in every way possible, and um, I began to pray and fast, and the Lord really uh, brought to my mind uh, the fact that you know I needed more uh, prayer cover. And um, and I said, well, Lord, you know, I have a I have a few, I have a couple. He said, no, you you really need a prayer cover. And I have been praying to the Lord about this because <clears throat> I, I I kept telling him, if I do not have a prayer cover, if I do not have people praying for me, if I if 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 I cannot get over this hump, I just can't do the work you want me to do. And I know you both, uh, Doug and Joe, sympathize with this. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if, if there are, there are things sometimes that we just, if we cannot overcome it, we just can't, we just cannot serve the Lord. And so I got to that point, uh, in, in, at the end of 2013, and <clears throat> through a friend of ours, uh, uh, you know, I was given a word that there were extreme uh, prayers being hurled against me personally, our ministry by witches, by witches' covens, and things of that nature, uh, satanic cults. And uh, we began to address that. We began to address that, and at the beginning of 2014, we began to put together uh, uh, prayer groups, prayer battalions. You know, we had written a book uh, years back uh, on, uh, titled Open Heavens, 
and uh, it deals with spiritual warfare, uh, you know, prayer, intercessory prayer, the dynamics of intercessory prayer. And so we had talked about it, but we had never implemented it. So we began to implement it, and uh, in 2014, we began to uh, to do conferences. The Lord asked me, you know, that uh, it's time to bring in the harvest, so we began to do that. And so, you know, we began to put this together because I knew what was coming down, you know, the road. I have been given um, some experiences uh, of darkness approaching us, which I'm going to be talking about a little tonight. And, um, and you know, so I knew this was coming. I knew it was going to get very, very, very dark, very difficult uh, for, especially for those that uh, know the Lord, for those that live righteously, try to live a holy life. And, uh, you know, it was going to get very, very dark here in this country and everywhere else as well. So we began to pray and we began to seek the Lord about all of these things. We have been praying against, uh, you know, things that are arising in the world, wickedness that is arising in this nation. And uh, I just want to send a word of exhortation to people out there that uh, it is time that we engage the enemy. We we need to engage the enemy. I believe with all of my heart, every fiber of my being, that uh, the time to do this is now. It is now or never. And uh, I'm going to share this, and after I share some of these things the Lord has shown me, you're going to see why I'm saying this. Uh, And so there are many people out there that basically are have been just, you know, trying to survive, just going by, and hopefully maybe with a mentality that, you know, if I just ignore these things long enough, maybe, maybe I can make it. Maybe I can just, you know, squeak by. And uh, But the darkness, the, the, the problem is that the darkness is intensifying. It's, it's, getting, it's getting darker and darker. Uh, I mean, all these things that are being done in this country alone, just in this country alone, is is really uh, incredible, the things that have happened just within the last year, and the laws that have been passed, the same-sex marriage law, the, you know, many other laws that uh, that have been passed and, are con- and continue to be passed that continue to allow the darkness to come in over our our cities, over our nation, over our families, over everyone here. Because, you see, the Bible refers to these uh, devils. You want to call them devils. You want to call them demons, evil spirits. Uh, The Bible calls them principalities and powers. These these, uh, entities, okay, these fallen angels and these principalities and powers, they come over a city, over a nation, whenever they are allowed to, whenever they're given a license to do so. And so this license is given to them by actions that are done here on on this planet, on this country. Okay? Evil deeds... And uh, innocent bloodshed, like abortion, uh, same-sex marriage, uh, murders, uh, uh, injustices—all these 
types of things open doors for these demonic, um, uh, you know, principalities and powers to come and occupy, if you will, the the airs. Okay, the, uh, the they are called the principalities and powers of the air. Yeah. And so, and if I could, Augusto, just real quick. Uh, ask sure. you a question. And this uh, by is the way, Joe, anytime you have a question or or in the chat room has a question, by all means, just pipe it in. Okay. Uh, we were in Dallas about a month ago at a, at a conference, and, and one of the speakers made the mention that the homosexual marriage Supreme Court decision uh, from from then to back to the Roe v. Wade were actually judgments on America. Would you agree with that, or would you would you say that the judgments are are still coming? Well, they are judgments in the sense that because the people of God, you know, did not stand up. They did not rise up and and try to stop those things. They did not pray against those. Uh, that uh, Roe versus Wade, you know, nobody, no, nobody said anything. Nobody, you know, protested. And so I guess you could say it is a kind of judgment in that sense. But, uh, but the judgment that comes as a result of all these evil deeds... Uh, it's, we haven't seen we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet, and the reason we haven't seen it yet, Joe, is because the prayers of the people have been really, really, uh, uh, you know, just in, uh, continuous, continuous. And uh, I know a lot of people don't believe in that, and uh, I, I will challenge anyone that does not believe that, you know, to quote me <laughs> scripture where it says that that is so because the Bible tells me many many parts of the Bible that the, the, the righteous prayer of a righteous man availeth much and uh, throughout the scriptures we saw how uh, the prayers of Moses the prayers of Abraham the prayers of, of Hezekiah you know uh, the repentance of the people of, of uh, Nineveh all, all of this you know uh, stopped or at least uh, postponed the judgments of the Lord. And Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen is I mean that is uh, my one one of my favorite scriptures. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Now that is scripture. You cannot, you know, we cannot just discard that. So the scripture tells us that if God's people, and, and this is the part where a lot of people don't get it, and that is that uh, I, I have heard many, many Christians, as I'm sure you have heard, Joe, and, and also Doug, I mean, many people say, well, you know, that America is not gonna, never going to repent. Well, that is not what the Lord requires. The Lord does not require the the you know the uh, everybody in this country to repent especially those that do not know him that is not what the scriptures tells us what the scripture tells us is that if my people see my people those are his people those that know him those that are are his children okay if my people shall humble themselves and pray so basically what we are uh, reading there is that it is his people that need to get, we, you know, we need to get our act together. And so, uh, you know, we can complain and we can talk about how ungodly and, uh, you know, heathen the country has become. But we, as God's people, we are the ones that really he is calling 
he's calling us to come back to him and to really come before him and repent not only for ourselves, but repent on behalf of those that do not know how to repent. And uh, some people may say, is there a Bible for that, Augusto? Absolutely. Uh, we, We can read the story of Daniel. Daniel repented on behalf of his people. And, uh, I mean, in sackcloth and ashes. And uh, so, yeah, there is, there is principle, foundational principles for that in the, in the Scripture. So we, we, we can, and we need to, and we should repent uh, for this, uh, you know, uh, for ourselves. And then on behalf of those that don't know him in this country, that cannot do so because they're blinded. The Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the God of this world, little, you know, the little g God, the God of this world, has blinded the eyes of the people so that they cannot see the gospel and be saved, okay? Basically, I'm paraphrasing. And so... If the if the if the God of this world, which is Satan, okay, he has blinded the eyes of many of these people, okay, they cannot see, they cannot understand. They're like like you know, they're dumb. They they they're they're totally blind. They cannot see the light of the gospel. So it is our job as God's servants, God's children, to intercede and pray. And so when we begin to do that corporately, in large numbers, the powers of darkness are hindered. They are restrained, if you will. And uh, we are able to allow those people, okay? And I'm talking also for people in government, okay? I'm not just talking about little people out there working, you know, 40 hours a week. We can pray, and we have the uh, the authority in Christ Jesus to do so. We are commanded in Scripture to do so. And so what a lot of people uh, don't understand is that we, we, are, we are supposed to be engaging the enemy in these things. And because we are not engaging the enemy, we are not praying, we are, not, we are just letting the enemy basically take over uh, in the schools, take over in, uh, in, our, in, uh, in, in government, take over in the Supreme Court, take over in all these areas of life. We have allowed the enemy basically to come in and take over. And so, uh, you know, this is the reason why it keeps getting darker. And so most people, because of ignorance, because really it's, it's, it's because they don't know. They just don't know any better. They think that, you know, uh, how many Christians have I spoken to, Joe and Doug, that tell me, uh, no, we we are not supposed to be involved in anything that has to do with politics. We are not supposed to do anything that has to do with, um, you know, in society. Yeah, that is, that is the lot. way they talk. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, have you haven't you heard that too? That's yeah, we've heard both I, sides. I've heard that yeah. so many times that uh, I, I, you know, I, I began to think. I said, do these people do they think all we need to do is just go to church on Sunday and and that's it, just pray and, and go to church on Sunday and forget about everything? Is that is that their idea of Christianity? Because that's not what the Scripture tells us. So you know, we need to go back if 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 we are going to see this nation be saved, at least spared, the horrors that are coming. Uh, we need to wake up. We need to not just um, uh, begin to wake up and see these things and understand these things. We need to also begin to engage, engage the enemy, at least in prayer, 
I understand a lot of people you know, cannot preach, they cannot go out there. I understand that, but everyone can pray. Every single believer can pray. All it takes is the willpower. And, uh, and, and that's all. Every one of us is called to be an intercessor. Not everybody is a natural intercessor. But we are all called to intercede. Every single Christian. So what I, what I see happening, uh, uh, Joe and Doug, is that because the Christians are backing off and they're backing away, they're not engaging the enemy, we are seeing, uh, you know, we are losing ground fast. To the point where this this nation is virtually gone. Where the, the American people have lost this nation. This nation has been taken away from the American people. Uh, such a, a a tremendously blessed nation, a, a a a good nation, not perfect nation, but it was a good nation. It, it opened its arms to the to you know to people coming here for shelter. It always was the first to help anyone in need in other countries when a disaster struck uh, exported the gospel to many 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 nations all over the earth so this you know this was a, a good nation you know despite its 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 vices in spite of its sins this was not a bad evil nation he was and so we have allowed the enemy to just come in and take it away and little by little Little by little, we have seen this happen, uh, just one thing after another, after another, after another. Uh, you know, I was reading uh, uh, a, an email. Can I, if I may, just stop you just for a moment, because you mentioned something, before we get too far away from this, you mentioned something earlier, and I, I wanted just to revisit this and to ask you, how to identify what you described. Okay, so uh, how you identified this. You had mentioned, and I know this is, again, this is several minutes ago. But you, that, you, you said, you know, you were under attack by witches, witches' covens and, and such. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I truly believe that. I've seen that recently in, in, in my life, in our professional lives and personal lives. My question is, how did you identify that? In other words, it's it's yeah. Well, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Go ahead and answer that. It's a valid question. It's a valid question. I I kind of you know I began to kind of uh, wonder about that. You know, I began to wonder, but I wasn't sure. Okay, I began to wonder. This is not normal. You know, a bad thing can happen to anybody. I mean, anybody can have a bad moment or a bad season. That's that's normal. Maybe two consecutive things can happen, but when you see this uh, it, it continue to happen, like one time, two times, three times, and it, it's just like a vicious circle that it just won't go away. There, you have to, you know, you have to kind of uh, raise an eyebrow and say, "Wait a minute, this is not normal. There's something here going on," and that's when you begin to realize it's an attack. Now. That's not just what I received. Um, I got confirmation actually from a friend of mine. You know, we have intercessors, and this is the the good thing about having intercessors. And I have shared with you, uh, Doug uh, and Joe, that you know you need to have personal intercessors. You don't need hundreds of them. You, I mean, if you have a handful of them, okay, half a dozen or maybe a dozen, if if you know better. But if you have several of intercessors that pray for you every day, 
you would be so much better off because you have a ministry that is out there in the front lines. And you're going to be targeted. There's no doubt about it. You and others like you, like myself and others, we are on the front lines, okay? So those of us on the front line need air cover, okay? In the, in the, in the military, there is what is called the air cover, okay? The, the planes come in. If, the, if, if, you're, if, uh, if, if a unit in the military is getting hit hard by the enemy uh, mortars and fire, they call in for air power. Okay, for air air cover, and then the airplanes come in, and they, you know, kind of soften the enemy a little bit, so that the soldiers can fight. Well, this is kind of similar. Okay, the intercessors are like the air cover. They are like the, you know, they come in with intercessory prayer, intercessory warfare, and they hit the enemy. Okay, in the air. Okay, and they soften them up so that they cannot continue to, you know, with a barrage of attacks that they are, you know, laying on, 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 on the people, on, on those on the front lines. Now, I have a friend of mine who is an intercessor, and he called me, and his name is Larry, Larry Taylor, and, 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 and I got several like that, but he, he's a personal friend, and he called me and basically told me uh, I had a vision, and I saw uh, two witches, and they were coming at you, and they were doing incantations, and enchantments, and they they had this. You know, he he went into elaborate explanation of what he saw. So basically, he said, I confronted them in the spirit, you know, and I prayed, and and you know, they were shocked that I saw them. But he, he said, this is what you're facing. This is what's been going on. So once I got that confirmation, you see, I I kind of felt it. I knew it but I got a confirmation. Then I got another confirmation from another sister who's an intercessor too, and she told me there is a witch coven in in Orlando, which is near to where I live, and they are targeting you. And she was more, even more precise. So once I got that information, uh, we began to target those witch covens uh, strategically with, with, uh, with intercessory prayer. And so once once you identify the enemy, once you identify what 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 is going on and what they're trying to do, then you have to go against them, okay? Because what I was doing was, and, and this is what most Christians do, which is fine, but it's not enough. We have to do more. What I was doing was a defensive warfare or defensive prayer. Basically, I was just defending myself, okay? Defending myself from the blows. Praying a hedge of protection, you know, praying, uh, uh, you know, pleading the blood, you know, my property, my homes, my family, my every everything around me, which we should do. We should all do that every day, prayer, cover, a hedge of protection. And, uh, but that was not enough, you see, because I was not attacking the enemy. I was not hitting back and so, I mean, what would happen to a boxer if he steps into a ring and all he does is protects the blows from the <laughs> from his opponent, right? He I mean, lose he, quickly. He, <laughs> I mean, he would. He, he, I mean, the, the 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 other boxer would wear him out 
eventually, I mean, he would have no strength. And this is what what happened to me. I was I was drained. I, I I was losing my strength, my stamina, because I was fighting all the time. Because I was not hitting back. I was just you know protecting myself. So what the Lord showed me was I needed to not just protect myself, but I we needed to hit back. We needed to hit back. And so when we started doing that, uh, the enemy relented. He didn't go away completely. He's, he's not going to do that. It's, it's not going to happen. But he relented. And uh, this is the, the only reason why I have been able to, uh, to do, you know, the work that, uh, that the Lord wants me to do and to have a, a modicum of, you know, of, uh, of, of peace and the ability to, to, to think and the ability to pray, the ability to do the things that I need to do. Otherwise, I would spend all my time and energy in, the, in defending against the enemy. So this is how uh, I, I, you know, this is how I discovered what, uh, who and what was attacking me. But uh, if you know, it, and this is not just me. Any 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 Christian out there, any Christian ministry out there that is in the front line, you can probably bet your bottom dollar that the uh, the witch covens, the Satanists, they're targeting, they're targeting you yeah, and those I guess people. So. Uh, and this is something I have not disclosed to the audience. I told my dad this one one afternoon. I talked to. Uh, a person who prays for us constantly. They called me, and they told me that there was people, uh, they didn't know who, but that they were actively doing rituals of witchcraft against us in our in our radio show. And I got an email actually stating that. Yeah, and that's separate from the conversation that I had with a person, uh, an, an intercessor. And... um that was about a month ago, and you know it. The figuring out who uh, we haven't we haven't narrowed that down, but you know there are people who are praying for us constantly, and we don't know where we'd be without without the people and the intercessors who consider us in their prayers and ask that the that the Lord keep their protection over us. But yes, we have personally, uh, both myself and my father, separately received information uh, just just exactly what you stated. Yeah, there are, you know, there are ways that you can identify when you're under attack, you know, like uh, pains that come out of nowhere, you know, you, you start feeling fatigue, okay, you start feeling discouraged, you, like you wake up in the morning, it's, it's like someone just, you know, like someone beat you up, uh, you know, punched yeah. you, beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't sleep too. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of, in the middle of the night, and, and so... There are all kinds of things going on out there, um, Joe and uh, Doug and Joe. You know, the 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 attacks have intensified. We are dealing with things that uh, Christians, let's say, in, uh, in you know, 50 years ago, even 30 years ago, did not deal. They did not deal with these things. I mean, they dealt with demons. They dealt with always, you know, with witches and witchcraft. Those things always happen. But there are things happening today i mean just to name a few uh, you know we deal with uh, you know and, and besides okay besides uh, the, the the curses of witches and covens and all this kind of stuff we 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 have to deal with uh, psychic warfare okay psychic they call them psychic warriors we also have to protect ourselves from uh, remote viewers 
the enemy uses remote viewers. Uh, there are remote viewers uh, in, in Satanism, and they use that as a weapon. Uh, which is it's it's something that a lot of Christians don't know about. Yeah. You've got the the astral travelers, you know, which yep. basically they are out of the body and they physically you know in, in their spirit bodies they go into people's homes, you know, into they they try to come into my home and to your home and they spy and they you know they do whatever they want and so you know we have to protect ourselves against those things you know it's not just to protecting ourselves against evil spirits so it, it's it's all that but then we have to go a step further because this thing has escalated to such a degree that uh, uh most christians don't have no idea uh, how i mean how how relentless and how powerful these bombardments are continually from all sides and so now they are basically in their in their last uh, onslaught, okay, They're, they smell blood. They know they're winning because the, most Christians, like I said before, they're not engaging the enemy. They're just sitting in their homes, you know, uh, and they're intimidated because they have not been taught. They have not been taught the power and authority that we have in Christ Jesus. So they don't engage the enemy because they think that they, 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 they have no strength, no power against the attacks of the enemy. So basically, they just defend themselves. That's all they do. Pray a little prayer of, of, of defense, uh, you know, warfare. And that's it. And the, and, and the enemy is just relentless. So we have to step that up. We have to go to a higher level of warfare. I mean, we, we do all kinds of training on this. This is one of the things we do. We train the, 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 the people. And, uh, you know, if, if you want, I can send that information to you that you can uh, share with um, with your intercessors. But uh, they have to they have to engage the enemy now on a higher level. It's I mean, just to give you an example, it's like if the United States uh, military, OK, uh, if they insist on the, on in, you know on defending uh, you know, on defending themselves uh, you know defending this nation against super advanced technology that the Russians have the Chinese have I mean there comes a point where uh, we just would not be able to protect ourselves and so we have to go to the next level and first of all people have to be aware that there is a battle going on. There is a battle, and right now we are losing the battle. Even though, even though we have superior, okay, we have superior power and authority than the enemy. Even though we do have, the Bible says we do, and, I, and it's, it's true. The enemy can does not stand a chance against the power of the Almighty. He, he just doesn't, because light overcomes darkness. The only thing that light has to do for darkness to go away is for the light to appear. Once light appears, darkness has to withdraw. The problem is that most believers have their light hidden under a bushel. And because they're afraid, because they, they haven't been taught or, or they don't realize the, the, the kind of power they have. And so this is the great, uh, this is the great, one of the greatest secrets that the enemy has managed to foist upon Christianity. You know, and the majority of churches are lulled to sleep. 
you know, because they have no idea. They have no idea who they are, the, the kind of power that we possess and authority. And so basically the lights of the believers are hidden under a bushel or even worse, under a pile of, of sin. And so this this is the condition of the church. So uh, we are we are way behind in the game, and we need to first wake up. We need to first wake up. We need to secondly realize who we are. That we 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 are not, you know, we are not supposed to uh, operate like this. We are not supposed to be taken it in the chin chin by the enemy and and not hit back. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. And then thirdly, you know, what do we do now? How how do we change the strategy? How do we engage the enemy? And that's just on a personal level, Doug and Joe. That's just on a personal level. We have to go beyond that if we're going to see this nation, uh, you know, turn around. I, I, I think it's already too late to turn the nation around completely because there are pockets uh, in this country, which are just overrun now by the enemy, and uh, by that I mean that it's, yeah. it's, it, it's it's become so wicked and so ungodly that it's it's going to be. I mean, those areas are going to be destroyed. That's that's the only way I can put it. it. It's just like in the war with Vietnam, you know, and Iraq when when the when the U.S. military was overrun uh, by the by the by the enemy. Uh, the, I mean, the, the the aircraft had to come in and just just blast everything. I mean, out of out of existence. I mean, there was no way out of it. And and so we are getting to that point here in this country, in certain areas, not everywhere, but in certain areas, certain cities have become so wicked and so evil, so corrupted that the Lord is going to have to just wipe them out. But uh, we we don't have to lose the whole country. We don't have to lose the whole nation. And, um, you know, I, 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 like I said before, I, I got this email. Let me read this because this is this is incredible. It just okay. touched my spirit. I just got this this afternoon. And this was written by, um, by a kid in Minnesota, okay? And uh, it's, it's a school. It's, it's a, he did this for his school. I guess it was as a project. Okay, and it's a poem, and I want to read this because it just says all kinds of things in such a tremendous poetic way. Now I sit me down in school where praying is against the rule, for this great nation under God finds mention of Him very odd. If Scripture now the class recites, it violates the Bill of Rights, and any time my head I bow becomes a federal matter now. Our hair can be purple, orange, or green. That's no offense. It's a freedom scene. The law is specific. The law is precise. Prayers spoken aloud are a serious vice. For praying in public hall might offend someone with no faith at all. In silence alone, we must meditate. God's name is prohibited by the state. We are allowed to cuss and dress like freaks and pierce our noses, tongues, and cheeks. They have allowed guns, but first the Bible. To quote the good book makes me liable. We can elect the pregnant senior queen and the unwed daddy our senior king. It's inappropriate to, read, uh, to teach right and wrong 
we are taught that such judgments do not belong. We can get our condoms and birth controls, study witchcraft, vampires, and totem poles, but the Ten Commandments are not allowed. No word of God must reach this crowd. It's scary here, I must confess. When chaos reigns, the school's a mess. So, Lord, this silent plea I make, should I be shot, my soul, please take. Amen. Wow. <laughs> wow. That came from a kid. Can you believe that? But it's right on the money. That was and, uh, very articulate. That is the condition. That is the condition. Exactly. He just, That kid described it. Yeah, but, um, and it's sad. He's right. I mean, all all manner of evil is is allowed to take place in schools. But you know, mention the Bible or the Ten Commandments. Not only will you be subject to discipline, but pretty soon, you know, law enforcement authorities will be involved. Well, I am not allowed to. You know, I I go to schools. One of the things we do is I go to schools. We have this little musical CDs that um, we did many years ago in 2000, 2001. And uh, I don't know why, but that was a season in my life where the Lord just brought that anointing on me. And so, you know, to reach the kids, to reach the young people, and, you know, it, it has a hook in there. And so in in modern music, so I, I, I go out to the schools and I give them out. And I used to do that, but they don't allow me anymore. I cannot go to any school in America right now and say Jesus Christ. I'm not allowed. I can say God, but not Jesus Christ. Now, I go to Honduras, or I go to any of these other countries, and I go to a school, and I can say Jesus Christ. Not only can I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can pray for the kids. I can lay hands on them. I can pray. I can get them to say, you know, to, to, to repent and give their, their lives to Jesus Christ. I can do all that right in the classrooms. As a matter of fact, the schools actually want me to come to their classrooms and uh, speak to the children. And uh, we have done this many, many times in public schools, not secular school, public schools. And so this is the condition in America. Right now, the schools, we have lost our schools to, to, you know, to the secular humanism. And, uh, and that was not supposed to be. And this country did not begin like that. The Bible used to be read in, the, in, in Congress. It used to be read uh, in government. Uh, I mean, uh, this was not the way this country came into existence. And so this country has been stolen. Has been stolen from the American people, and so we are seeing what is going on right now. We are seeing the, we are seeing right now, a silent revolution taking place in America. Okay, what we are seeing with the elections right now should speak volumes to people. Now, I have been shown a few years back, and I have shared this on your program before about the fact that I was told that there was a revolution coming to America. I was told by a a messenger from the Lord, an angel of the Lord told me there's a revolution coming to America. Okay? Now, I want to share this, okay, to the people because the people also need to know this. 
And this yeah. is something that uh, many people don't understand, Doug and Joe. But I want to try to bring some clarity on if there's any questions. If there are any questions from uh, from I, you know, from either you or, or or you know Doug or Joe or from anyone in the chat room, you know, by all means they can ask it. But uh, okay. one of the things that people have been duped by the enemy is this. Okay, I have been you know I have been studying prophecy and the prophetic for many years. I have been in the ministry thirty five years. I have taught Bible Bible school curriculum. I taught the uh, the Oral Roberts University curriculum for two years. I went to Bible school for three years. I have studied. I mean, I have studied uh, thousands of hours on you name it on there. You know, very very good teachers. You know, prophetic teachers, apostolic teachers, uh, even Baptist teachers, all kinds of teachers. But they're good teachers. Good, the best, the best uh, in teaching. I, I have studied uh, a lot of the materials from. Derek Prince and many of these other men of God and prayed a lot I have prayed a lot a lot as I studied and this is one of the things that the Lord had to show me and reveal to me and I want to share this with people out there because there's a lot of ignorance in this area okay and that is many people have dreams many people have visions a lot of people have dreamed. The Bible says in the book of Joel, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, and your young daughters and your young men shall see dreams and visions. Okay? The old men shall have the dreams, and the young men shall have visions. So we know this was coming. We know the Bible is full of um, visions and dreams. We know that these things are real. There are, there are prophetic dreams. There are prophetic visions. We know that. Okay, so that fact established. And however, what I'm about to share now is something that most people, or a lot of people, do not understand. And that is that there is the prophetic revelation or dreams and visions that are thus saith the Lord. In other words, this is going to happen and no one can stop it. Okay? There are those things. But there, the majority of the dreams, the majority of the visions given to men and women with prophetic abilities are given by the Most High so that when, when He gives, when He reveals a vision, He reveals a dream, for example, something bad is going to happen to, you know, to, to, to so-and-so. That is not for us to sit on our laurels and say, well, the Lord showed it's going to happen, so it is going to happen. No, that is not true. That is not what that was given for. The reason a dream or a vision was given to that person that had the prophetic uh, gifting and ability was so that that person could release that vision, that dream, and then people could pray against that thing so that would not happen. And this is something that a lot of Christians don't understand. There have been a lot of dreams and a lot of visions about things that are coming to America. But what a lot of people have not understood, Doug and Joe, is that the Lord has released these things to his people so that when they release it to the body of Christ, we then take it up and we begin to war against it so that these things do not come to pass. 
And that is a revelation that the body of Christ needs to understand. Because the Lord reveals these things to his servants, the prophets, and to his, and to his uh, servants, and to his watchmen, so that they can pray against it. Not just, uh, not just so that we can say, okay, this is going to happen, and then we declare it, and we keep declaring and decreeing it, and what we are doing when we do that, instead of praying against it, is we are reinforcing it and allowing the enemy, giving the enemy the license to bring it to pass. Does that make sense wow. to Yeah, does, does. that make sense to you? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And... Um, this should be a, a wake-up call to many Christians out there. Um, too often our prayer life falls by the wayside, and we concentrate more on the secular things that are going on in our life. Even, uh, you know, regular Sunday church-going Christians, every day, every Sunday church-going Christians. But first and foremost, we have to address what is going on in the spiritual aspect of our life before we address what's going on in the physical aspect or carnal nature of our life. And many people do feel helpless. They feel paralyzed. My father calls it paralysis of analysis. Mm-hmm. With so much information out there, with so much um, you know, bad things being reported in the news, it's almost like, where do you start? And uh, Augusta, just to let you know, we are coming up against the break. we got about a minute until the break. And it'll be a five-minute break, and we'll come back with our third and final hour after that. But, yes, people do need to get on their knees and pray. They need to pray for each other. They need to pray for their own spiritual awakenings. They need to pray that the Lord reveals to them what uh, He wants them to do in these times and how He wants them to, to accomplish that. And just as an example, this radio show is something that my father and I never planned on or intended in, on starting. And we started talking about the issues that were in the world. We started talking about it through a Christian perspective. And the Lord built up this platform. And uh, people have been brought to Jesus uh, through his work, not through our work. We, we get in the way too often. But if it wasn't for the prayers, as I said earlier, of the people out there, if it wasn't for the intercessors, if it wasn't for those uh, those beacons of support that we have, I don't know where we would be today any of us uh, who are on the front lines or even uh, on the front lines in, in the prayer world because, you know, without those prayers, without the personal sacrifices we need to make to ourselves and to our flesh for Jesus, um, things will continue to get worse not only in our world but for in our own personal world. And, folks, with that, we're up against the top of the hour break. We're going to be right back. After these short messages with Augusto Perez, his website is theappearance.com, The Appearance Ministries. You can go on our website uh, or under the YouTube link or uh, on the Blog Talk Radio description and get the link to his, his website. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio 
the city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. gentlemen to our third and final hour of this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our special guest, Augusto Perez, theappearance.com, the Appearance Ministries. That's his website. Go ahead and pay a visit. And uh, we're pleased to have him with us tonight talking about current events as they relate to biblical prophecy. We are living, I believe, we are, we are watching things unfold that... Uh, has been these events have been prophesized and and we're living in this time it's it's an exciting time to be alive and it's uh troubling to many but it's exciting for those who know how the story ends and we do know how the story ends and who who the victor already is and of course well augusta welcome back thank you doug and and joe and um while we were taking the break uh, we, you know, we were talking. Joe and I were talking about this barrage of uh, earthquakes, and um, I, I was making a comment that there have been twenty earthquakes, six point zero or above, this last month and within the last month. And um, you know, people. I mean, I mean, this is something that it is unheard of. I mean, this large earthquake. You know, we're not talking about little Ford three, four, five, so we're talking about six, seven, eight in rector scale. Yeah. Earthquakes, 20 of those within the last month, and it is it is escalating. And, um, you know, we were talking during the break that um, I was I was I was looking at this FEMA uh, report that is, you know, what they what they uh, what they tried to do this weekend. And I have not been able to vet this thing a hundred percent, but if if what if what I was listening, what I was hearing is true, uh, they are expecting something major. Uh, they are expecting uh, something to uh, an, an escalation in national disasters. Uh, 
due to unusual weather patterns and uh, you know and this according to this uh, report uh, the scientists they had scientists seismologists this is causing a major strain on the fault lines and uh, you know also all these floods that have been going on you know all this water it's also uh, uh, affecting you know uh, the stress the uh, the fault line it's affecting the fault lines and so <clears throat> what they are concerned about is that you know this large earthquake swarms it's going to it's going to increase and um you know as i was as i was thinking about this uh and and it goes back to the first hour where we were talking about this you know ezekiel 22 verse 30 uh came to mind ezekiel uh, the book of uh, prophet ezekiel and uh, I want to read that because it is it goes along with what I was sharing that first hour. Okay. Ezekiel chapter twenty two verse thirty, and uh, it says, "For a man among them that I should build a wall or a hedge, and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none." Verse 31, Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord God. So there is, it's, uh, it's basically uh, what I was talking about during the first hour, or, or during the previous hour, because this is the third hour, that the fact that, you know, the Lord, the Almighty, the Creator, he is looking. He's he's actually looking for someone, okay, a man or a woman, to pray, to stand in the you know, to build a hedge, okay, to build a hedge around the nation, basically. And a lot of people hear that and they say, "How can you pray for this nation? <laughs> you pray for this nation so it's not destroyed." Basically, we're not saying we're not saying that this nation does not deserve, uh, you know. Uh, the sin and the corruption it deserves judgment that's not what we're saying what we're saying is people getting on their knees and on their face and repenting like I was sharing before repenting and asking the almighty to have mercy repenting and uh, and and standing in the gap doing intercession crying and weeping like the scriptures talks about okay it says stand in the gap before me for the land Okay, that, that is very, very clear. Okay? Basically, the Lord is saying, I am going to destroy the land. Okay? I am going to pour out my indignation upon the land. Okay? And I am, I am looking for a man. I am looking for a person that will stand in the gap, that will make a hedge. In other words, in other words that will intercede to me on behalf of the land that I do not destroy it. But then here is the very sad answer. I found none. I found none. And uh, I truly believe uh, that the only reason that we are able to do this program tonight, still during, you know, at peace, uh, without martial law, without disasters happening all over, is because of the prayers the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the remnant, and uh, that is that is the reason why we're still here, able to um, you know 
to live, uh, you know, under quote-unquote normal types, although they're not normal, but, you know, uh, they're not. Uh, they have not become uh, extreme yet, and so we are able to do this. And it's because of the prayers of the saints, of the of the elect. And so we need to understand these people. We need to understand this. We need to, like never before, engage the enemy. Uh, which brings me to um, to what I was sharing in the first and the and the previous hour. Um, you know, we we have been uh, we have been praying a, a lot uh, for a long time for this country, and I have been seeking the Lord regarding this year, the elections. And although I am not a political person, I I I, I really am not involved in the voting. And no, I am more involved in the in the mobilizing of the forces in the spiritual realm, seeking the will of the Father. That is what I try to do, and then share that with the people. Uh, as I've been doing that, I have been asking the Lord, what is it your will? What is it that heaven is saying? What are you saying, Lord, regarding these events, these things? We are, we are in America right now, in 2016, what is happening? What, is, what do you say, Lord? What do you say? And I have, we have been praying like that for, uh, for several months now. And, um, you know, it was it was um, it was President Kennedy, I believe he was, that made this remark when he was alive. He said, "Those that make a peaceful revolution illegal make a violent revolution inevitable." And we are seeing a peaceful revolution now before our eyes. We are seeing it. The people are realizing that the the borders are weak. American, especially the southern border, is weak. And when a, whenever a nation has weak borders, it is destined to fail and be destroyed. It's it's a fact. And uh, and so, why is it that no one is doing anything about it? No one is wanting to stop the influx of people, uh, you know, across the borders. It seems like no one is interested. The president is not interested. Congress is not interesting. It's not interested. The Senate is not interested. And the more you think about this, the more you realize that who you know who who is going to benefit from this? Who who would benefit from this? And of course, the answer comes back very, very, very uh, you know shouting. It comes back shouting that those who benefit from something like this would be those who seek to control and to have power power over the nation, power over the people. Uh, and so, you know, you first create a crisis in order to bring in a solution. The solution would be martial law. The solution would be to clamp down on everything and confiscate everything that everyone has, uh, you know, whether it be food or water or whatever, uh, and, uh, and then basically, you know, make everybody uh, depend upon the government. And so in order to do that, that requires total control. Total control. The government requires total control of, uh, of the political process and of all the resources. And all these laws have now been passed. And this is public record. Anybody can go and dig it out. 
it is there. It is out there. All you have to do is look for it. And so, as long as this country is strong, and this is one of the things that the Lord has shown me, as long as this nation is strong, okay, the new world order cannot uh, come into effect. The new world order cannot come into power. And so, <clears throat> in order for the new world order to come into power, this nation has to be uh, weakened to the point where it it ceases to be a world power, and it becomes basically a third world nation, or worse. So, we have been praying, especially in the last several months, for the Lord to expose the corruption and filth in our government, okay? This is one of the targets that our intercessors have been hitting. And, you know, we, we have, we give them different targets every, 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 every week or every so many weeks. We give them different targets to hit. And so they start hitting and hitting and hitting it and hitting it, just like an aircraft start dropping bombs, you know, on those targets. And so <clears throat> we have been, we have been praying basically for the Lord to expose the corruption and the filth in our government. Okay, we have been praying this now for the, for, I would say, for the last year or so. And so, with these elections that are taking place right now, what is happening is this: uh, the filth and the corruption that has been in our government all along, because he has been there all along, it's now coming into the open. And the American people are beginning to see it for the first time ever. Now there have been some that have known it, have known this, you know, for for, for a long time. But the the American people, the majority of them, are the American people, they are beginning to see this for the first time, for the first time. And so they want someone that is going to lead them. You know, or, or it's going to help them to take the country back. Okay, they want the, the someone that's going to lead them to take the country back, and so they they are they have decided that they're not going to vote for anyone from the establishment. In other words, that means anyone that is one of their guys. Okay, because this is what the what the government in the U.S. has done now for for a long while, for a long time. They control the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And so they always have one or two in each one, in each side, that they have handpicked. So no matter who wins, they control. They see, they, they control the cards. They, they, they control the game. And so this has, this has happened all the way back, I would say, since, um, since Kennedy. Reagan, Ronald Reagan, was one of the few that slipped through the cracks, but uh, they managed to uh, they managed to control him by inserting, uh, of course, you know, uh, Bush Senior as the vice president, and of course, we know this story. What happened? That there was a, a, an attempt on President Reagan's life, and nobody ever found out why. But uh, I believe that was a loud message sent. And uh, so he came in line. He came in alignment after that. So, uh, you know, this country has been operating under those terms for a long time. And so now, this year, for the first time ever, you have, and at least in the Republican side, 
you have one candidate who is a total outsider, which is Trump, and then you have the, who is leading the, by the way, the uh, in delegates in the you know the, the, in the Republican side, and, uh, and then of course you have Ted Cruz, which is also kind of a I wouldn't say he's an outsider, but you know he's kind of a very very extreme. Uh, he's not, I would say, 100% establishment, but he's kind of, I would say, you know, 50, 60% establishment. So you have two candidates that. Uh, they are not. They are not happy with, especially Trump. And so, uh, on the other side, you have two. Can- you have another candidate there, which is Sanders, who, although you know, although he's a communist socialist, he is also an outsider. Now, of course, the other one is is Hillary, and uh, so they control her, and uh, and so they 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 would rather have Hillary Clinton. In the office, in the global office, as president, any time rather than either one of those two presidential nominees, Ted Cruz or Trump. So, uh, because they cannot, you know, they don't know. They they absolutely can, could not control Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. They they really don't know if they are able to. So, uh, you know, but especially Donald Trump because you know uh, he has his own money and. Uh, He's not intimidated by by these guys, so he presents a problem. Now, uh, what we see happening right now in the elections, okay? This is something we have never seen. This is something the American people have never seen. I have seen. I have. I have. I have been shown. This election is going to be crucial. Now. I have not been told by the Lord, but I feel in my heart that this election could be the last election for this nation, if unless God intervenes. Now, this is the wild card. There is a wild card here, and that is, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, okay? In the remaining time we have, we have about about uh, 30, uh, about 37 minutes. But there is a wild card here, and this goes along with what the Lord has shown me, okay? These people do not want Donald Trump to be nominated, the Republican Party, number one, and number two, they definitely do not want him to come into the, into in, uh, you know, to, to become president, because he would, up to, I mean, he would turn over the apple cart. He would totally disrupt the plans of the elite to usher in the new world order. I mean, that's just the way it is. They have been working towards for this for many years and many decades, and they are just not going to allow someone like him to come in now and disrupt everything they have been laying down the bricks one after, you know one layer after another for such a time as this. Okay, now they want to implement their new world order starting next year. Okay, this is their plan. That is their plan. Now, <clears throat> the thing is, the problem is that the corruption of this system is is being revealed. Everybody's seeing it now. The American people are beginning to wake up, and they want their country back. They're not going to stand still anymore. They are. They're waking up, and uh, they realize that the country has been. St- from them, and they just uh, are not going to take it. And this is what we are seeing. We are seeing a silent, peaceful revolution with ballots taking place. 
Okay, and the and the, the the there are those that are trying to stop it. But if they continue to try to stop it, what is going to happen is is going to be replaced by a violent revolution. And this is what the Lord showed me. He showed me this years ago, and then He showed me again recently in the last few years. Unless God's people pray, and unless we get our act together and we begin to engage and intercede and do what we need to do, this is what will happen. In this timeline that we are in right now, which means when I say the timeline, this is not a new age or anything like that. This is basically what I'm trying to say is the way things are right now, okay, the way things are going right now, this timeline Okay, this is what's going to happen. We are going to see this happen. We're going to see a revolution. There's going to be no elections. It's going to be canceled or postponed. And then, you know, we're going to see uh, the establishment of martial law and then and, you know, the new world order ushered in. Okay, this is where we are right now, unless things change, unless we have a divine intervention, unless God's people uh, wake up and begin to do what we need to do, which is, it's not violent, but we have to, people have to begin to pray and begin to engage and become active, okay? Now, this, this thing that I, that I, I want to share with you uh, is something that, um, that uh, happened, okay? I had this experience, uh, if, uh, actually, when was it? Uh, I had this experience... Um, not too long ago, but it was it was maybe a few months ago. I had an experience where, okay, let me. I'm going to get. Okay, it was in March 26 of 2015. Okay, it was last year, a little over a year. Okay, this is what I was shown. Okay, I'm going to share this because you need to know this in order to know you know what what I'm going to say next in order to understand it. I was given a vision where I saw gross darkness fall. I was in the open and I saw large dark clouds beginning to gather together. I saw them beginning to come together and they began to move towards where we were. I was talking to a group of believers out there. There was a, it, This was one of the worst storms I have ever, ever seen. It, it was getting very dark. We started worshiping. We started singing songs unto the Lord while the storm kept raging. We, we, we were praying. But then the people began to become afraid. They began to become afraid of the power of the storm because the storm was really raging. It became fierce. It became very, very threatening. I had never seen anything like this in my life, in, in the dream I had, in the vision of the night I had. Then all of a sudden... It began to get pitch black. A terrifying darkness. I mean, it was just so dark that I uh, you couldn't see anything. And um, it began to descend on this nation. Okay? And probably in the whole world, but especially this nation, because this is where I was. And uh, there was no stars, no moon, no lights, nothing. The only lights that I could see were the lights that emanated from within the people, each one of us, which is the, you know, our spirits, okay? Our spirits. Our spirits are light, okay? This was our spiritual light. Now, this darkness had the power 
to suck the light, light, and the the life and the light out of everything, including people. Now we continue to pray, we continue to worship, singing unto the Lord. However, I noticed that our lights, okay, began to uh, grow dim. It began to wane. It seemed for a moment that we were going to be overwhelmed by this gross darkness that now had uh, surrounded us, engulfed us, okay, along with everything else. It was then that it, it just came out of my belly. Of course, the belly, the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. I have taught in different occasions that our belly is where the Spirit of God resides. It's the Holy Spirit when he comes into our spirit, our spirit is in the belly, okay? That is where he resides. The Bible calls it the heart, okay? Now, out of my belly, out of my spirit, came out like a scream. I scream out loud. Hold hands together now. Now, as we held hands, we began to pray in the spirit, and we, were, we began to intercede. We began to worship God. And our, our our lights, okay, which by now were flickering because our lights were flickering, which means they were about to go out. Our lights began to grow stronger as we began to pray, as we began to intercede, as we began to call upon God and began to worship and do warfare. We continue singing in the spirit powerful songs and, and doing intercessory warfare at the same time. Now, as we continue to do this, our lights continued to become stronger until we began to push the darkness back. Now, listen to this, people, please. Listen to what I'm telling you. As the people of God, as you know, I was there with, the, with, with God's people, okay, his servants, his people. We began to pray and intercede and worship the Lord, and we began to push the darkness back back, and we continue to push it back, and back, and back, the dark clouds began to recede from our midst. We continue to push it back until it had gone back all the way where it came from, and then it disappeared. Even the storm that was raging before was now gone. Now, when this when when the, when this happened after okay the scene changed and i began to see people strengthening the their foundations i began to see every one of us us that was there we began to strengthen our foundations we we saw us i saw us building and strengthening our foundations so this would not happen again to us okay and so i believe that this darkness is something that is going to take place. It's already beginning to take place. It's coming upon us. It's coming upon us and this nation. I have not been the only one that has seen visions of this darkness. Okay? I have, I have, I have had others, other, other visions and dreams of this darkness, this coming darkness. Now, this one, however, there was an urgency to it. When I had this particular one last year, there was an urgency to it. It was very close now. It was much closer to taking place. Okay? And this darkness was going to put in danger the lives of many, many believers who were not taking the warning seriously and had not prepared spiritually for the things that were coming upon this nation and the whole world. 
You call so that this the, was the Valley of Decision? Yes, sir. Okay. That's correct. Now, what I noticed was a, a very grave concern from heaven about this. Okay? There is a great concern in heaven about this and the effect it will have on the children of the Lord. Okay? Now, as I began to ponder on this recently, and this is some of the, of the things I shared with you before in private, I have been given bits and pieces of this puzzle. And now when I began to put the bits and pieces together, it began, the, the picture, the whole picture began to get a bit more clear. And uh, as I was sharing this vision recently to someone, the Spirit of the Lord rose within me and brought to my memory George Washington's vision. Now, I had read this vision some years ago. I'm familiar with it. Now, anyways, I obeyed the Spirit and went back and read it again. I began to see some things that I had not noticed before contained in this vision, particularly the third peril that would come upon this nation. Now, here is the last part of the vision now, okay? Now, some people may not believe that George Washington was a man of God or he was a mason or whatever, blah, 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 whatever. And that's fine. That's fine. And, and I have read all that, too. However, he was a man of prayer. And although he, whether he was saved or not, I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know that God gives visions to heathen kings and heathen people. And uh, he gave dreams to Nebuchadnezzar, and he gave dreams to other people in the Bible that were not, you know, were not saved, were not his people. So we, we you know, whether George Washington, you want to argue, uh, someone out there wants to argue he was not saved, he was amazing, blah blah blah. Fine, that that's fine, and that's that's you know that's all. I, I understand that, and, and I, I agree, but. Uh, I do believe the Holy Spirit showed me something about his vision for a reason. Okay, and I believe that there may be some things contained in his vision that uh, corroborate what the Lord showed me in mind. And this is the only reason I'm bringing it up. Now, the third pearl, I'm going to read quickly this, this third pearl because this is going to shed some light on, on, on these things. He says, And again I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. At this, the dark, shadowy angel placed a trumpet to his mouth and blew three distinct blasts. And taking water from the ocean, he sprinkled it upon Europe, Asia, and Africa. Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene. From each of these countries arose thick black clouds that were soon joined into one. Now, bear in mind, okay, what those nations or, or those continents were, Europe, Asia, and Africa, okay? Europe, that's where Russia is. Asia, that's where China, North Korea are, okay? And Africa, you know, parts of Africa is where the Muslims are, okay? The ISIS and ISIL and all that, the terrorists, okay? Now... Throughout this mass, there gleamed a dark red light by which I saw hordes of armed men who, moving with a cloud, marched by land and sailed by sea to America. Our country was enveloped in this volume of cloud, and I saw these vast armies devastate the whole country and burn the villages, towns, and cities, and I beheld 
spring it up. As my ears listened to the thunders of the cannon, clashing of the swords, and the shouts of cries of millions in mortal combat, I heard again the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. When the voice had ceased, the dark shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long, fearful blast. Instantly, a light as of a thousand suns shone down from above me and pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America. Now, when I read that, I remembered what I had seen in my vision. I had seen this dark cloud coming. I, I saw it coming. And I also saw how when we began to pray, okay, and began to intercede and began to worship the Lord and began to call upon the Almighty, the clouds, okay, began to break. It began to dispel, and it began to be, we began to push it back. And so when I read this, it kind of struck in my spirit the fact that, you know, that the angel put his trumpet in his mouth and uh, he he let out a fearful blast and then, you know, uh, the light as of a thousand suns shone from above, pierced and broke into fragments the dark cloud which enveloped America. Of course, that, you know, that vision which George Washington had does not give the details of why that happened. I believe right. the Lord gave me the, the, the piece of the puzzle of why that happened. And that is because his people began to pray and intercede and began to do warfare and worship in the Lord and call upon the name of the Lord. And these dark clouds were, 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 were broken and pushed back. Okay? Now, <clears throat> I, look, I, I continue reading here. Okay? It says, Then these immediately joined the inhabitants of America who perceived, who I perceived were well nigh overcome, but who immediately, taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. Again, amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy angel, for the last time, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back, together with the armies, the armies he had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Again, let me stop there for a moment, because in this particular uh, detail here, this piece that I read that, again, my spirit, okay, uh, it, 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 it struck my spirit, the fact that when this angel, okay, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America, well, we know water is a type and shadow of the Holy Ghost. The Bible is full of illustrations about, you know, I will pour out the waters on the dry desert. And the waters, you know, when the, I will pour out the Holy Spirit, you know, we and we see the symbology, you know, in John 7, 37, 38, when Jesus says, He that is thirsty, come unto me, and I will give you to drink. As the Spirit, as the Scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And this was speaking here of the Holy Ghost that had not yet been, uh, you know, shed uh, or, or poured out. So 
the angel deep in, uh, you know, going to the ocean and taking water and sprinkling it upon America. When I read that, in my spirit, I knew that that is exactly what we had done. We, uh, the prayers of the saints, the intercessions, and the worship, and the calling out on the Lord had basically caused the angel of the Lord. You know, basically, it's going to cause the, the Lord Almighty to sprinkle water on America, basically to uh, to pour out, okay, His Spirit upon America. And if this is going to be the event, I believe prophetically, that is going to push back these dark clouds that have come to destroy all of us. And, uh, and, and so, you know, let me keep reading, and then it comes to an end, okay? It says, okay. Um, then once more I beheld the villages, uh, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before, uh, with the bright angel planting the azure standard he had brought into their midst, cried out with a loud voice, while the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the, the earth, so long shall the union last. And taking from his brow the crown on which emblazoned the word union, he placed it upon the standard, while the people kneeling down said, Amen. Okay, the scene instantly began to fade and dissolve, and I, I saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I first beheld. This is still the vision of George Washington's vision. This also disappearing, I found myself gazing upon the mysterious visitor, who, in the same voice I heard before, said, "Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted: three perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is the third. But in this greatest conflict, the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the republic learn to live for his God, his land, and the union. And with these words, the vision vanished, and I started from my seat and felt that I had seen a vision, wherein had been shown to me the birth, the progress, and the destiny of the United States. Now, this is the end of George Washington's vision. Now, I believe that this was a warning to me from the Lord, basically, that this darkness, this danger, this dark cloud, this this horrific storm is upon us. Okay? It's upon us. And so... Uh, I believe that the dark, the, the dark clouds that were shown to me gathering around us, beginning to threaten his people, I, be, I believe this is a, a dire warning from the Lord to me to share with his people. What happens next depends on what we, as the people of the Most High, do at this time. This darkness that is coming to America is going to be something we have never experienced as a nation. That is, that is, okay, that is that those who are not walking with the Lord, that have darkness in them, they're not going to be able to, to withstand this thing. So it is up to us that know this thing, know how to pray, to be able to examine ourselves, to get right with the Lord. If you're not right with the Lord at this time, get right with the Lord, repent, get your house in order, but then that's not enough. 
Once you have done that, once you have gotten saved, once you have gotten, you know, baptized, filled with the Spirit, then begin to be trained to engage the enemy quickly, because this time is, is almost gone out of the hourglass. And so we need to engage the enemy. We need, we need to pray like we have never prayed before. Now, I want to share one more thing, because this is another piece of the puzzle, like I said. These are pieces of the puzzle that have been coming together. The Lord has a way of talking to me with prophetic uh, events. He has done prophetic events in my life many times. Uh, when I never expected it, when I did not expect it, uh, something happens, and he speaks to me, not in a notable voice, but through an event. And this is something that happened recently, okay? Now, I have been praying, I have been asking the Lord, what is it, Lord, that you're trying to do? And uh, I have been talking to other people about this, and uh, we have been talking about the fact that the Lord is going to raise up a Cyrus, like King Cyrus, uh, the Medo-Persian king, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, he was very respected. Cyrus was a very respected uh, king, and uh, he's referred to as the, as, as, as the, the, you know, the kings of the Medes and the Persians. He was the one that brought the edict for the restoration of the land of Israel for the Jerusalem and so he he left a lasting legacy uh, on, on the Jewish people and the Jewish religion because of his policies now get these people in Babylon he conquered Babylon now we know <laughs> we have heard many many other speakers before refer to America as the Babylon and, uh, you know, and I agree with that up to a point. I believe there is a religious Babylon, which is the Catholic Church, the Vatican, the Papacy, and there is a political military Babylon. I believe that is America, the daughter of Babylon. And so Cyrus was raised up by the Lord to come against his people, okay, in Babylon. And uh, because they were being oppressed, and they were that they were being persecuted, and he raised up a the, the Almighty raised up a heathen king, a heathen king, to restore his people. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture here that um, you know that um, that the, the Bible talks about. And uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, I'm just going to read this real quick because I know we are out of time, but in Isaiah, chapter 45, I just want to read something very, very powerful here. It's uh, very interesting. Um, what he says there, Isaiah 45, let's start in verse 1, because this is going to tie in with everything I have said so far. It says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee, and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass, and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give you the treasures of darkness, 
and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call you by name, am the God of Israel. Okay? Now, uh, the Bible, and then, of course, if you keep reading that, that chapter, Isaiah 45, you're going to see how uh, he calls him my servant, even though he was a heathen king which is kind of interesting. It goes along with what I was sharing before, that God is able to raise up whoever he wants. It don't matter if he's a heathen, to, uh, to do a work through that vessel. And so um, I said that to say this. As I continue to pray and I continue to say, Father, show me, show me your will, show me what is going on, show me, you know, this thing about Cyrus, began to come into my spirit. And uh, and so I, I did not get an answer. I did not get an answer from the Lord. Sometimes the, the Father uh, answers you when you least expect it. <laughs> I kept praying and I kept listening to him. I kept waiting on him. He, nothing. He didn't give me a dream. He didn't give me a vision. He didn't speak to me through scriptures. He didn't speak to me at all. I said, okay, Lord, I leave this in your hands. And, and so I went with my wife to a trip uh, this month, uh, actually the, the end of last month, to Ohio. We took a, you know, it was, uh, it was the spring recess for her. So we took a few days off, and then we went to be with a, with a friend of ours that passed us a church there, and we ministered there. And on the, on the last day of the, of the, of the, of the meetings, you know, we had, the, we, we preached Sunday morning and then Tuesday and, and Wednesday night. On the last day of the meeting, I was ministering to the people, you know, praying for the people like I always do. And here comes this woman carrying a baby. And, uh, and she says, I need prayer, please. And then, and, and then I said, for you or for the baby or for both? She says, for both of us. And I asked her, I said, what is the name of your child, of your baby? And uh, when she told me his name, it blew me away. She said, his name is Cyrus. Wow. <laughs> I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I just, it just blew me away. I said, excuse me, <laughs> can, can you tell me his name again? And, she, and, the, and the little boy uh, they, uh, you know, Doug and Joe. As as I as I was asking her, the little boy looked at me with those big eyes he had, and she said again the second time, "His name is Cyrus." <laughs> well, I knew at that moment, right there and then, I knew that the father had spoken to me. I knew it. I mean, that's how he talks to me. It's a prophetic event like that, powerful prophetic event that I didn't see it coming. I mean, what are the chances <laughs> of a little boy that, you know, I went to minister to a church out of nowhere, here comes a woman with this little baby. What are the chances that his name is Cyrus, who I have been talking about and I have been asking the Lord, Lord, are you gonna raise up a Cyrus? in this time for America. How, yeah, you talk about chances? a confirmation. That's definitely a confirmation. Uh, that's the way I, I received it. And I mean, and that's the way I, 
I, I, I saw it. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, basically what I'm trying to tell the people is, you know, people, you need, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what to do or to tell you who to vote for or to tell you what to do. But, except I'm telling you, you need to pray like you have never prayed before. You need to to get a hold of the Lord, intercede, and begin to pray once the Lord shows you who that Cyrus is. And a lot of people know who, probably already knew who it is, because there's got to be a certain criteria to fit the bill. Whoever is the one that the Lord is raising up to be a Cyrus, to, you know, to spare this nation. Well, Brother Augusto, I don't believe anybody can spare the nation, help spare the nation. Well, how about if I tell you this? Maybe not spare the nation, but maybe the judgments that are coming may not be as harsh and as destructive as it could have been if this nation is steered back at least if the, if the Almighty sees that this nation is being steered back at least to a semblance of righteousness, to a semblance of morality, to a semblance of godliness, he may have mercy. Yeah, if you look and, in Revelation, mm-hmm. it talks about him pouring out his wrath and his indignation, and it continues to state in, in the book of Revelation that the more wrath that he poured out, the people continued to be defiant and turning away from him and not right. coming to repentance. And because they did not come to repentance and did not turn toward him, that the uh, the bowl of his wrath was poured out even more, and it, and it became worse and worse. And the people still did not turn to him. That's right. That is right. You're absolutely right. And, and so we are at a crossroads right now. And this is this is the message. I, I believe this is our last chance, people. I, I I wish I wish I didn't have to say that, but I, this may be the last chance. This may be the the last opportunity. And uh, and and the people, we all have the opportunity to make it to make it count. And uh, and so you know, whoever whoever that whoever fits that bill has to be uh, referred to as a heathen. Okay, not a Christian, because that's that, that is Cyrus. Cyrus was not a he was not like one of the Jewish people. He was he was not a believer in their in their religion and uh, in in their Jewish God. He was he he wasn't, and so he has to fit the bill. Cyrus was strong. He was forceful. And he was, you know, he was just a brave man. He was just going to go after, you know, Babylon and just wipe it out. And so that's all I'm going to say. You connect the dots. You pray. You seek the Lord. And you let the Lord show you. But what I'm telling you is, if God's people, I believe this was shown to me by the Lord, as one last opportunity, one last chance to get this thing right, and maybe you know the country can be steered back, at least steered back towards a semblance of righteousness, where everything is not going to be destroyed. Because otherwise, everything is going to be destroyed, and um, this nation will become Sodom and Gomorrah if this thing is not stopped. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you all, with your audience, Doug and Joe, and uh, I so appreciate so much your platform allowing me to come and 
and share this with your with your audience because I know that the Lord has brought you for such a time as this and given you a platform to minister uh, to the people, to those that are Christians and those that are maybe not even Christians, but those that are good people, righteous people that love righteousness and want to do right. And I believe that uh, you know you 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 both stand for that, and I and I uh, I honor you for that, and I and I thank you for allowing me to. Uh, to come and share this word. Well, Augusta, we thank you so much for for taking time out of your schedule and sharing um, what the Lord has shown you with us and with our audience. It definitely is important. People are looking for answers in this day and age, in this time that we live in. And I believe that you uh, have brought a message from the Lord as far as what we need to do as believers in our prayer closets and uh, seeking His will as being the first and foremost before worrying about a political candidate, before worrying about, you know, what we're going to eat for dinner. We need to seek what the Lord's will is for us and how do we change things. Because like you said, um, I, I used to have a fatalist attitude about this country too. But in doing so, that's saying that, you know, uh, that's limiting God and what he can do. And people need to understand that the power is in the prayer. It is in with the personal relationship with the Lord. And we need to... Use it as we need to take advantage of that as much as we can here on earth. And when I say take advantage of that, it's what the Lord commands us to do. Amen. Amen. And that is all we can do. That is all we can do is do what, what we are, what we can do, and let the Lord do what only He can do. And, um, He, you know, He operates, He's the creator, He's the ruler, He's the, he's the King of glory, and we are His servants. And so if we just do our part, he will do his. But we have to do it. We have to engage the enemy. We have to uh, activate. We cannot We cannot afford to be idle, to be neutral anymore. Because if we do, if we do, when, when these things begin to happen, then people are going to complain and they're going to say, why did this happen? And then they read the, the word from the Lord will be, because I warned you, and you did not do anything. And so this is what this is about. I believe that that the Lord has um, given a warning. I don't believe there will be many more. But this is, uh, we have one last chance, one last opportunity to do it right. And we, we may see, we may see the, the, the same results as George Washington's vision where the the land was spared may it was he was he was destroyed it was hurt pretty bad but it was not wiped out and i believe Amen. we can see that in jesus name we're out of time mr perez the appearance the com, the appearance ministries thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight thank you mr perez until next time god bless this is the global star radio network the genesis communication